speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday after Trinity is from Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. A man prepared a great and brilliant feast and sent out invitations. Come, everything is now ready. Yes, come, it is all ready for you. But unfortunately, three different guests responded with excuses. The first guest, as we heard here this morning, had purchased a field and needed to see it. Another had five yokes of oxen and needed to check them out. And the third was just married and had some vague excuse, some vague-sounding comments and commitments regarding his new marriage. The point being, they all gave shallow, yes, shallow, and ridiculous and pathetic excuses. How many people would you know who would be so foolish to buy a field without examining it first? How many people do you know who would buy a bunch of oxen? And for that man who was just married, well, it seems that his honeymoon was over. And besides that, being married without kids is a flimsy excuse. Married with crazy kids, perhaps. So like a teenage girl who says to an obnoxious, incessant boy, She says this, I can't go on a date because I'm washing my hair. Well, the excuses of these individuals show us that they really, deep down, they really just did not want to attend the banquet to begin with. So this brings up the question, why make up silly excuses not to go to the great dinner banquet with the finest food and the best of wine? Last year, we considered this very same text right here in this sanctuary, the text from the Gospel of Luke, and we concluded that these individuals perhaps saw the banquet as an inconvenience, as a curse, rather than a great gift. However, when we further consider this text from the Old Testament book of Proverbs as well, we may have some further insight to why people reject the great banquet, why people resist going to church. And that reason is quite simple. Brace yourself. It's very simple. They're fools. Yes, they are fools. Indeed, the reason why people resist the word and sacraments is that they are fools. Now, I realize that this might not sound very compassionate or loving 
maybe even perhaps a little bit arrogant. But nonetheless, I say this because this is how Proverbs speaks on this subject, Proverbs chapter 9. Now, dear friends, when we look at the book of Proverbs, it tells us that fools are arrogant cynics who cannot be reasoned with. Fools are scoffers who cannot be corrected. When you attempt to correct a fool, they're not thankful. They do not say thank you for the correction, but they can become hateful and angry. When plain logic comes before them, well, they plug their ears and they lash out at the one who is presenting the clear logic. To summarize it best, fools, they do not fear and they certainly do not revere God, but they typically live their life on their own terms. They have it their way. Their thoughts, their opinions, and their attitudes are the end-all, be-all for all their decisions, and there's no talking to them. Perhaps we could say this even more bluntly than we already have. Fools like to take the place of God. That's really what's going on. They like to take the place of God, which is the reason why they have a tough time being corrected, being wrong, and not being in control. And so, this is why fools do not like going to church. Just like going to a great banquet requires a person to be a guest, going to church requires a person to be a guest as well. Going to church requires a person to be a student, to be a guest, to be a receiver, a listener, a learner. You get the picture. And fools, they don't like this, which is the reason why they resist going to the great banquet of the word and sacraments. But perhaps we better not let these fools off the hook so easily. In other words, they're not completely foolish. There's a cleverness to them as well. We cannot underestimate the fool again so easily. You see, in every church, there are fools sitting in the pew, and there are fools oftentimes standing in the pulpit. These fools have no stomach for the solid teaching of God's word. Instead, they want to fill their bellies with spiritual junk food and catchy ideologies that tickle their fancy. And so they turn their back on the truth of God's word and they embrace not what they need to hear, but what they want to hear. Using the metaphor, using the metaphor of the great banquet, the fool essentially does this. The fool invades the kitchen, takes that wine and pours it down the drain, takes that great prime rib and tosses it to the dogs. And that creme brulee, ah, it's in the trash can. And in their place, the fool comes along and serves cinnamon-flavored whiskey, White Castle burgers, and cream-filled Twinkies because they taste better and are more fun. Now, if you do not believe me, if you do not believe me, consider the number of churches in America that have forsaken the Word of God. Yes, that have forsaken the Word of God. In America, even right here, right here in North Dakota, and even right here in Minot itself, Consider all the churches that have forsaken the word of God and are teaching critical race theory from the pulpits or woke ideology from their pulpits. Consider the number of people who flock to churches to hear about tips and principles to live their best life now with super finances and special diets being preached from the pulpit. Consider the number of preachers who never mention Jesus bloodied on a cross, but will surely talk about super sex tips in the bed cultural fads, movies, and almost every other silly myth we can find in culture. Dear friends, all across America, people forsake the great banquet of the word and sacraments, but will certainly attend counterfeit banquets where their ears are tickled 
and their bellies filled with spiritual junk food. Right now, yeah, right now, in our generation, this time and this moment, you and I have a tremendous temptation set before us. Listen carefully. It is a tremendous temptation for you and for me. The great banquet, that great, magnificent banquet of the Lord's word and sacrament, yes, they have been given to us in our liturgy as a gift. It has been given to us in the liturgy. It has been given to us in the historic, the historic lectionary and in our hymnody. Make no doubt about it. It's a wonderful banquet just given to us, to this generation, to this church. However, fools do not want this great banquet of grace and mercy and salvation. They do not want to eat and receive and learn or listen to Jesus' word and sacraments that have been established by Jesus himself and passed down by the apostles and contained in the wonderful gifts of our liturgy, lectionary, and hymnody. And so, foolish pastors, they diminish the liturgy. They toss out the hymns. Congregations alike, well, they disregard the lectionary. And they ultimately, in the very end of their tactics, they toss the Bible out altogether for the purpose, get this, for the purpose of trying to get people inside the walls of the church. The temptation is real. Make no doubt about it. Hear me loud and clear. As a pastor, the temptation is real for me to get people into the pew by not inviting them to the Lord's word and sacrament, the great banquet, but something else that will tickle their ears and fill their guts. And you as parishioners, yes, each and every one of you as parishioners, you are tempted likewise to the way of foolishness, just like your pastor. You'll be tempted to believe that if you are challenged or convicted or uncomfortable in the church, that it is somehow bad and that you should stop coming to church itself. You see, the way of a fool believes that if you are offended, that you should automatically, instantaneously find another church, another church that will tickle your ears. Temptation is real for you to go the way of a fool. But dear friends, keep in mind that a church and pastor who are untested by any criteria other than a need to huddle together to be affirmed and to feel good is not only a fool's paradise, but can also be demonic. Yes, you heard that clearly. Baptized saints, you and I must be drawn to the great banquet of the Lord's word and sacraments where we sit as guests. Yes, as guests, we must understand that when we set our feet in this sanctuary, we talk with reverence, we think with reverence, we walk with reverence, because we are not God. We are not God. We are not in control. We are guests at the Lord's banquet. We are not the host. We are guests. We are here to receive. We're here to learn. We're here to listen. We are here to receive Jesus' words. We're here to have that word poured into our ears, upon our tongue, into our bellies, to receive the good gifts of the Lord. And this, perhaps, is the whole point of everything we're talking about, the whole point of the gospel reading and that scripture reading from Proverbs. When fools are invited to the real banquet of the Lord, they must conjure up all sorts of lame and stupid excuses for not going to the great banquet because they really don't want to go in the first place. 
They don't want to go because they do not fear and they do not love and do not trust in God himself. We must. Yeah, we must repent of our foolish ways as well. Because you and I, we're not immune from this foolishness as well. And so today, let us beat our chest and together confess our sins. May the Lord, may the Lord actually chase away our foolish thoughts and grant faith. Yes, grant faith in him to fear, to fear him and to love him and to trust him above all things. May the Lord give us ears to hear the invitation to his great banquet and not listen to our itching ears. So now at this moment, right now here, let us listen to the invitation, this wonderful, profound invitation. Come and receive not fresh baked bread or roasted lamb and selected wine, but receive from the pulpit, receive from the font, receive from the altar. Yes, listen. When your conscience is burdened by sin, come to the banquet and be of good cheer, for your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Amen. When you are burdened by fear, come to the banquet to receive the words of Jesus. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. When you are tired, when you are burned out, when you're worn out, when you have gone through the grind of life, come to the banquet to take Jesus' yoke upon you. For Jesus promises that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light. He says to us, there's no condemnation in him, none whatsoever. Amen. When you're confused with life, beaten up by sin, overwhelmed by death itself, come to the banquet and receive Christ and his gifts of immortality. And get this, they're all gift, a sheer gift for you. So dear friends, come, all is now ready. Come to the Lord's banquet, come to this church, and come often. It is the Lord's banquet for you. He loves to give to you. He loves to give to you. And you, well, you can rejoice when you receive. And we rejoice often as he pours grace and mercy and salvation into our ears, into our mouths, into our minds and our bellies, so that we might know that we belong to him and him to us. The great banquet, come, receive this gift. It is for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with